in every religious or spiritual tradition find the same ultimate principles <clears throat> that are simply symbolized with different terms or imagery but that signify the same because there is only one reality. But all of the symbol systems of Kali Yuga religion and esoteric traditions share the same glitch And it's important to understand what that is because it mirrors the glitch in the real. The glitch that is part of the perfection of the real and can only emerge in its perfection in the form of a glitch or a stain upon the purity of being. So, to return to first principles in order to understand this. Every religion posits a trinity or a multitude of trinities because the one trinity can be symbolized in an infinite number of ways. <clears throat> but what it always comes down to is presence, intelligence and love. In the Christian tradition, presence is the Father, intelligence the Son, and love the Holy Spirit. The same trinity can be referred to as Sat Chit Ananda, in which the blissful aspect of love is emphasized. But it is the same Trinity. Or Satyam Shivam Sundaram, in which the beautiful aspect of love is emphasized. Love and the symbolization of love is what changes. The other two remain constant because love is that aspect of this ultimate reality that is vulnerable to the fourth member of the Godhead that remains invisible except as a glitch in all of these systems. <clears throat> because the Godhead is not a triad, but a quaternity. 
And the fourth member of the Godhead that has been banished into the outer darkness returns in the form of surprise. Surprise. It's a surprise, isn't it? Surprise is an ultimate principle. And it shares ultimacy with presence, intelligence, and love, which are forced to cope with the power of surprise. And all of history refers to how those three cope with the fourth. Now, surprise itself can be on a spectrum. There can be a very nasty surprise, which we call trauma. Or a very nice surprise that we call a miracle. Or something in between that we might refer to as a synchronicity. Or some more tame and appealing gift that was unexpected. But the world is one surprise after another. Some nasty, some beautiful. And the entire <coughs> chain of command develops <coughs> out of levels of coping with surprise. Now, the word surprise is a very interesting one, made up of sur and prize. And it is usually used in the context of a surprise attack, because wars are won through surprise. And the word itself, if you look up its etymology, means to be captured. When some totally surprising phenomenon occurs, you can be absolutely captured by it. It can capture your imagination, your attention, your desire. In other words, your love. And therefore it is the love member of the Trinity that is vulnerable. Now, in the ancient Torah tradition, presence was the father, intelligence was Adam, and love was Eve. And the fourth member was the serpent, who offered a surprisingly delicious fruit that brought about the famous fall. And of course, serpents embody surprise, don't they? They're very surprising that they can even move without legs. And they move like lightning in very surprising ways. And they can be very nasty surprises. 
but also very beautiful ones. And so the serpent is a natural symbol of the fourth member of the quaternity. And we are blessed with that membership in a multiplicity of forms here in Arunachala. But it is that need to cope with surprise which has brought about the capture of, the, of energies from the trinity of principles that first embody as soul and then as ego. And then as ego defenses and as egons or fragments of ego, each of which has a different way of coping with surprise. And that's basically what the function of all the various elements of the ego are there to do. And once surprise becomes embedded in the ego structure, it is internalized so that you not only meet surprises on the road of the phenomenal plane, but you will be constantly bombarded with surprising thoughts and images and affects that will also capture you and create dangers that are internal to the ego itself. So who needs enemies? And who needs miracles? The ego itself is filled with them, but doesn't know how to deal with them and tries to freeze them as fantasies that can be controlled. And so the ego becomes a control freak in order to regulate the amount of surprise that it has to deal with because it can easily be destabilized by an overwhelming amount of surprise that it cannot be adequate to handling, and then it becomes trauma. In the Ramayana, these four elements are personified as Rama, Rama's brother, Lakshman, who is usually forgotten in the telling of the story, but plays a very important role. And Lakshman is the masculine equivalent of Lakshmi and is the brother of God. Very important here that they have a brotherly relationship. It's not as lovers or consorts or husband and wife. It's the archetype of God as brotherhood and friendship. And here it is the brother, presence, whose brother, Lakshman. Laksh is a very interesting term in Sanskrit. And it can refer to marks that are put on reality or tracks or signifiers, language, or the infinite possibilities of configuring reality, strategic intelligence. And then, of course, Sita, representing love, who becomes, in her compassion for the famous uh, Brahmin beggar, uh, is captured by surprise. Now, Ravana, the fourth member of the quaternity who captures Sita, 
and is the embodiment of surprise, captures her but does not take her over. And because surprise is not inherently evil, it pertains to the Godhead. Its evil nature results from the paranoia that intelligence develops in relation to surprise. The very fear of surprise being nasty creates the nastiness that produces more such surprises. And the effort to avoid nasty surprises creates a desire to find surprises that will bring about joy. And thus the principle of jouissance develops in the ego. Because karmically it cannot avoid having both and the pleasure always results in a backlash. But the surprise that is represented by Ravana, who captures Sita, is doubled and annulled by another surprise that is even more overwhelming, but on the divine side, which is the surprise that a monkey can serve God. And it's Hanuman, the surprise that there can be a creature like Hanuman, who has fallen into the animal level of the ego and totally taken over by lust and greed and all of the other things that we project on the monkey, can re-divinize himself in the service of Rama and become the heroic rescuer of the soul to bring back that purity of love from its capture by desire and need and bring the entire quaternity back into unity. It's Hanuman who is required to do that who is not actually a fifth member of the Godhead, but is the fourth member of, of the Godhead in the form of surprise that returns to its archetypal form, no longer as trauma, and no longer even as miracle, but as creative freedom. And in the process of a spiritual path, it is the principle of creative freedom that enables all the members of the quaternity to return to their form of reverence, mutuality, and empowerment, in which there is no longer any internal oppression or scapegoating, because surprise was scapegoated by the Trinity and kicked out. As happened to Lucifer, who is another version of that principle. And so 
it is through the recognition and the ethical affirmation of creative freedom, which is dharma. And the dharma must function to protect creative freedom that enables the return of all of these capacities of presence, intelligence, and love to redream the universe. Because surprise is the power to dream and to manifest the dream as reality. And it's only when that power returns to the Godhead and isn't seen as a dangerous enemy that there is peace once again in the cosmos. It was the loss of creative freedom that was brought about by religion itself in its fear of heresy that burned at the stake the most beautiful creative sages and poets and teachers throughout Kali Yuga that caused religion to lose its credibility, its power, its goodness, and its capacity to lead us home. And so it is in that letting go of any totalitarian <coughs> dictatorship of thought or the repression of our capacity to think which is much of the sickness of the ego because it is afraid of unbearable thoughts that will destroy its own ego defenses. That will itself also release its capacity for love that had been put in a dungeon out of fear that the love would turn into desire and like Sita would be captured and raped by its own desire to be loved by the other. But when there is the power of presence again fully revealed and the intelligence released from its own limitation by having been captured and forced into the lowest levels of the chain of command, when all of that is liberated, then the entire quaternity operates as a unity to create and sustain the kingdom of heaven. It is that functioning that is the purpose of Satyoga. May we all give ourselves the gift of being fully present. May we open up our infinite intelligence. May we open our hearts to infinite and eternal and unconditional love. And may we give ourselves the creative freedom to express our infinite joyous creativity as the summit of the manifestation of all of our powers and the beauty of the art of living that 
each of us embodies as an avatar of the Supreme Being. May we fulfill our destiny of unification of the complete quaternity. And follow in the footsteps of Hanuman to return our world to the kingdom of Ram. May you be filled with peace, in the face of the surprise of ongoing novelty in the phenomenal plane, culminating in that manifestation of the transcendental object at the end of time. And may you know the peace that ensues in the encounter with the power of God emerging from within in the form of total mastery. Of all experience and imperience. And may you know the peace of the unification of the quaternity and the ultimate return as the absolute.